Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally. Voidware prohibited. Must be 18 or older to enter. No purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. Hey there, and welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. Thanks so much. My name is Joy Rios, and on the show we talk about how complicated healthcare is and just learn from women experts and kind of in the 30,000 piece healthcare IT puzzle, kind of identifying what is the piece that we hold on to and how can we learn from one another. Yeah. So if you wouldn't mind, could you please take a moment to introduce yourself? Yeah, for sure. My name is Isha Vidge, and I'm VP of Employer Growth at Maven Clinic. Maven is the world's largest virtual care platform that helps people navigate various life stages from fertility and family building through maternity and newborn care, parenting and pediatrics, all the way through menopause. Huge. That's no small feat. Yeah. How long have you been with Maven? Just under a year. Okay. I'll hit my year mark right after Thanksgiving. Okay. It's been a whirlwind. Well, before we get into the story of Maven and what's going on there, can I learn a little bit about you? Yeah. How, what has your career path been? How did you land where you are? It's a great question. I pretty much am coming to Maven as a healthcare outsider. I spent the majority of my career prior to Maven in e-commerce and specifically luxury e-commerce at companies like Google and First Dibs and Tradesy. I never really saw myself as somebody that would have a career in healthcare, but I had my first child um, spring of 2021. And when I first got pregnant, frankly, it opened up a lot of ambiguity and confusion. And as a highly ambitious woman, I started to see why people struggled with navigating careers and navigating starting families. And I felt like I really wanted to go and spend some time trying to make a positive impact for, frankly, women like me who were in this life stage. And I had heard so many great things about Maven. I had a very close friend of mine who's an investor and actually knew Kate, introduced me to Kate, and everything moved very, very quickly from there. That's awesome. that you've. So your experience beforehand, how has it been applied in your current role? In my experience, I have uh, launched and led go-to-market and commercial teams for a number of high growth startups across my career. And there's so many things about the experience that I've had across high growth companies that is incredibly applicable here at Maven. 
there's a lot of things about healthcare, frankly, that I don't know. But I also don't feel like I need to know all the all the answers, right? Because Maven at this point, we're a company of 500 people. A lot of them know healthcare inside yeah. and out. What I know is I know how to launch a team. I know how to scale a team. And at the phase we are as an organization, a lot of what I bring, actually, that can be seen. Um, and it is kind of, that is more rare at the moment. And so I'll leverage my colleagues and teammates a ton to help me get up to sm- speed and smarter on all things healthcare. And I'll focus on doing the things that I know how to do so that we keep the company moving at a pace that, frankly, we, we need to in order to make a difference in healthcare. Okay, well, speaking of growth and moving at a quick pace, you guys have announced recently a large round of funding. Can you tell me about that? First of all, congratulations. Thank you. Um, We're incredibly proud of it. We recently closed a $90 million round. That's huge. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, of course, it's it's really exciting to raise money, but I think when you think about how is that capital going to be put to work, that's where things get really, really exciting. Our Series E was led by General Catalyst, and it's going to be put to work to do things like continue to evolve our global offering. We work with tons of employers across the globe at this point that are really driving towards things like global parity in their benefits offerings. And Maven's done a really incredible job in being able to drive towards that. But things like greater personalization, et cetera, this $90 million is going to be put to work to do that. So there's challenges in the U.S., but where is Maven globally? Maven's in 175 countries globally. We work with today 450 employers across the world. And we have providers that over 350 subspecialties all over the world. Our focus is providing really culturally competent and culturally humble care to individuals, regardless of where they're located on the planet and regardless of where they are in their journey. Things that shows up for me is just how different things are state by state just within the U.S., but I imagine globally the culture and state of just access and what, yeah. you know, uh, what people can and cannot do. Like, that's a huge thing to navigate of and course. keep track of. 500 people are in charge of that. That's kind of impressive. It's inc- incredibly impressive. And mm-hmm. in fact, there's teams of people that their whole job is on a daily or weekly basis, rather, focused on understanding like what are the nuances and the changes that are happening on a legal or regulatory in the legal legal and regulatory environment globally, but also state by state here in the US, right? Yeah. And so we really leverage this team so that we can be smart and then help our members understand what kind of access do they have. And if we need to help them seek care, whether that's virtual, whether it is in person, we can get them that right care with the right sort of understanding of what limitations might exist. So like there are definitely challenges to do that, what are the best, how do you guys do that? Yeah. What are you finding that is effective? Sure. For each member that signs up with Maven, the first thing that that happens to them is we set them up with a care advocate, right? This care advocate, you can think of as your personal guide for all things Maven. They understand 
everything about joy. They'll understand, like, where is joy in her journey, right? And they'll also try to understand things like, what is your socioeconomic background? What is your race, your religion? All of these things are incredibly important in care delivery. We know that they drive better health outcomes, but they also drive really meaningful engagement for people. I myself, I'm a first-generation immigrant to the United States. I'm South Asian. And so my care advocate, shout out to Monica, she's amazing. She understands my lived experience. She understands my lifestyle. She understands the food that my family and I eat. And when I am navigating a really challenging component about how to raise my kid, I have an 18 month at home. When Natalie tries to figure out, you know, sort of who should I be connecting with and who should I talk to, she pulls together a care team that understands my lived experience, right? And is that something that's associated with an employer or a health plan or can an individual participate? Individuals can participate. We actually do have a consumer program at at Maven. It is, frankly and honestly, a small part of our offering. You get the most robust benefits when you work with Maven through your employer. And we've been really thankful to see such a high interest in employers on a global perspective for this. Also through the health plans, we do partner with a number of plans. Everybody's really committed to driving really meaningful progress when it comes to supporting family health and driving towards more and better family benefits for folks. Well, and to be so sophisticated. So I'm some, and nuanced is so important. I'm somebody who lives in Mexico and I have quick access to San Diego. And so I have kind of my toes dipped into both healthcare systems. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm just curious. I'm just like, what would somebody, how would somebody like me navigate? That's kind of the most amazing part. As you living in Mexico, we can get you access to the same high quality care as somebody that was living, we're here in Vegas, right? Or if you're living in Los Angeles or New York, because of our virtual care support system, we can get you access to the providers regardless of where you are in the world. And then, of course, if you need to steer to in-person care, we can curate a list of in-person providers that meet your needs, that are aligned and within your network if we are working with a health plan for some treatment that you may be seeking. But ultimately, the idea is you're going to need support as you navigate these various journeys sometimes in the middle of the night, right? And you shouldn't have to come back to the United States to get great care. And because of the model that we have and and the virtual platform that we have, you don't need to. And there's like, how many specialties that you guys have access to? If somebody's on your virtual care, like it just opens up, right? Oh my God, yeah. We have over 350 subspecialties. So I use many of them myself. We have career coaches that help folks navigate return to work after they have a kid, reproductive endocrinologists. We have Chinese medicine specialists. A lot of folks will leverage their expertise as they think about making potentially some dietary changes as they go through their own fertility journeys, tons of mental health providers, you name it, we have it. And it doesn't matter how young of a patient would you be looking at like within the ecosystem of Maven? I mean, is it like babies, obviously, but I mean, they're personal journey or teens or, I mean, everybody in between, um, folks going through menopause? The focus is really on supporting the women and families that are starting families for the first time and then growing these families. Of course, we now have a menopause offering too, but that was frankly launched because we saw that 
so many individuals that are were a part of Maven's ecosystem were using some of our subspecialists to talk about symptoms that they were experiencing, premenopausal or menopausal symptoms. And it became clear that you know, we should just formalize a program on this front because people are already using it, right? Right. And we were really pleasantly surprised to see that membership base cross a million very, very quickly. I'm curious if from your perspective as an, you know, self-identified industry outsider, what has your perspective been? Like when you know how different, you know, other industries are and you're experiencing healthcare, how do you feel we're doing? Like there's a conversation around transformation being in dire need, but, you know, leave that open-ended. I think what I have noticed is I'm very encouraged especially coming to places like health and interacting with so many different types of companies. And there's a lot of companies, frankly, that are in our space too. And it's nice to see, frankly, the commitment to see things change in a positive way. What I think that I have noticed is the individuals that are really investing in figuring out how do you deliver better care at scale, I'm most bullish on those organizations, right? Because it does feel like in many ways healthcare is broken. And it does feel not great that as such an educated person myself, it's really hard to navigate healthcare. You know, it still causes a lot of stress and even things like enrolling in certain benefits packages, it's challenging for folks. And so I think that the more individuals that figure out, number one, how can we demystify this? And then how can we help people kind of meet them where they are and support them acutely in their time of need, as well as through their entire journey. I'm really sort of bullish on, like I said, those organizations. Well, I love that. that you have a perspective on scaling businesses because that is one of the most challenging things to do. Do you have any lessons learned? Like, what is it that you look for and is it in how to scale something? It can't just be money, right? That money yeah. has to be applied in a specific way. Yeah, I mean, I think that you have to make a lot of investments in setting up an organization to grow as well, right? When you first launch a company or you first launch a commercial effort or go to market team, you are inclined. And and I my personal point of view is this is not a bad thing on doing a lot of things manually, right? But you have to invest in creating the systems that ultimately will allow your teams to move faster, right? So what are the types of challenges or roadblocks that the team is coming up with to sign up a new member on Maven? How do we remove some of those roadblocks and how do we create systems that we're not constantly dealing with those roadblocks in a one-off manual way, but rather how are we setting up our internal processes? How are we leveraging tools so that we can get our message out? And then as we garner interest in the market, we can bring folks in, get them over the line and ultimately get them quick care as quick as possible. I love it. I mean, I love what you guys are doing and I love your personal story. Are there any, I don't know, I love asking the question about two. One is, would your eight years... What would your eight-year-old self think about what you're doing? Like, did you have any idea what you wanted to be when you grew up? And would you think that you align with that at this moment? Or I don't think my eight-year-old self would have thought I would be doing this at all. Hmm. The truth is, I don't think my 30-year-old self would have thought I would be doing this at all, right? It's, I ended up in this seat very unexpectedly, but 
I believe, you know, careers are long and they're not linear. And I feel like I ended up exactly where I was meant to be at this point. Well, actually, what did you study, if you don't mind me asking? I studied development economics in undergrad and I started my career at a nonprofit in D.C., I was very interested, like I said, I'm I'm an immigrant myself to the U.S., really interested in how we can help developing nations really ramp up their own economic capacity. And I loved that work, but I ended up in a situation, my family, both of my parents actually were, had some, an accident, both of them separately. They're okay, but it put my family in a really challenging, financially insecure situation. And I became the only breadwinner for my family for a period of time. And I left this work that I was doing in nonprofit to go do my first sales job. And I went and did that because I didn't have any real technical skills, frankly. But I was at that point very mindful of building some financial safety net. And I knew that sales was one way to do that. Right. You know what's funny? There's, I think a lot of women find themselves wanting to work for something meaningful and they gear towards a nonprofit lens. But you're making a really good point that there's, it's hard sometimes, the financial aspect of that. You typically end up having to take a lower salary to do something that's quote unquote more meaningful and the trade-offs that are made. So can you share like what that was like for you? Did it feel like a sacrifice of like giving up something that you maybe felt like was meaningful for making more money? Like that's, yeah. a, that's a tough choice. It's a really tough choice, but I think it what it taught me is you can still do well while doing good. Of course. And I don't think people talk about that enough, right? It does feel like an either or, and it, do, it absolutely does not need to be. I was in a situation where I had the opportunity to go and sell a product and a membership to community colleges across the country that did things like improve graduation rates, right? I could feel good about selling yeah. that, but it also allowed me to do things like build some financial security for myself and my family. And I think that that role ultimately showed me that it's okay to pursue money and it's okay to do these things. You just, you got to make sure that ultimately you're doing something that you feel good about. And look, I went and worked in luxury e-commerce for a number of years after that, but I felt good about that too, because I have an appreciation for beautiful things. Sure. Right? And that's okay too. Yeah, of course. And I loved working at companies that were disruptors in their own way. And some of these small businesses that we were working with, even in luxury e-commerce, it allowed things like, it allowed people like artists to make a living, right? Because their work could be sold online. And it was democrat like democratizing the way that people could earn a living. And so I found that very interesting, personally motivating. But I think Maven for me has been sort of a culmination in all of the things that matter to me and also where I am in my life as a young mom, it allows me to spend my time and use my functional skill set to do something that I know can make such a meaningful difference on people's lives, right? Because I see it. Yeah. And I'm curious, actually, if you don't mind sharing, even internally, how does it support mom's as employees, right? Yeah, it's such a good question. Number one, we have a really robust parental leave policy that is equal for birthing parents and non-birthing parents alike. We really focus on driving equity, our employee base. There's a lot of support when it comes to return to work for folks. 
a lot of support, even things like breast milk, right, and shipping. We have our teams on the road again, right? So we want to make sure that we don't have new moms who have to stop breastfeeding just because they're going on a work trip, right? So there's a lot of resources in place for folks that ultimately help them balance the both. I, I hate to say like work-life balance, right? It's certainly not that way, but how can you survive this period and knowing that it is going to be hard and it is going to be challenging? And then doing things too, like making sure that managers of new parents have the right training, they're equipped to really sort of onboard and ramp back their team members that are coming back from coming back from parental leave. There's a couple of folks I know who are pregnant and getting ready to take their maternal leave. And one thing that conversation that has been coming up is not necessarily having a plan of how to distribute the work and making sure that everything is covered while they're gone. Not just a matter of how much time do they have, but how do you cause the least amount of disruption while you're taking that time off and the tra- and easing the transition back. And I don't know that that's a universal, like there's no universal way to do that. And I'm like, well, there's a business idea. We need to help people figure that out. Totally. It's, like, it's challenging, yeah. right? And I won't say, oh, we have it totally figured out. And especially on our commercial teams, you also don't want to cause disruption for your clients. Right. right? It's like, oh, this person's going out. Now you're going to talk to this person. How do we make at least a consistent experience for individuals, but also for our team members that are going out, really make sure that they're set up for success while they're away and when they come back. And that any folks that are really helping each other out while another colleague might be out, everyone's sort of like rallying together in a way that feels like equitable and fair. Yeah, because there's other folks, like if you're putting it one person's job responsibilities on one individual who already has a full plate, like that's not particularly fair. Exactly. Like do you divide it up among six people and then coordinating that and making sure nothing falls between the, the cracks exactly. is difficult and... I mean, it it gets complicated real quick. It sure does. Yeah, Yeah. it gets complicated. And I think this is where, like, frankly, being super transparent and also being getting everybody engaged in the process, right? So it doesn't just feel like, hey, this person's going out. I'm just going to unload all of their work on you. But rather, hey, this is an opportunity. Do people have capacity, right? Does anybody feel an interest in covering XYZ, let's say, commercial opportunities that we have? And we'll make sure everybody is, like, appropriately rewarded and compensated when they do so. But we feel, and at least I find particularly in my team, there's many people on my team that this happened with, is there, it has created a, a really collaborative culture because it it's not that anybody's workload is simply just like dumped on somebody right. without an acknowledgement that there's a lot of folks that are have a lot of hands supporting them. I like the idea of being really thoughtful. Is there any, oppor- thinking of it as an opportunity, is there any skill set that you want to learn or is there any like department that you haven't had exposure to that you're, now there is an opening that like you could participate and learn something and it could actually be beneficial for a lot of people instead of thinking of it as just like more responsibility of that you're taking on. For sure. Yeah. 100%. And we certainly invest a lot in internal career mobility, right? We love to bring people up through the organization and when people are out, frankly, it does create these really nice opportunities to step into roles and see what is it like to actually do this job. So yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I love it. 
it. Well, thank you very much for your time today. It has been a pleasure to get to know you. I want to know if people want to follow you or connect or get in touch with Maven or use Maven, how would you direct them? Yeah, of course. Certainly happy to connect with people one-on-one. My email address is isha.vidge at mavenclinic.com. That's I-S-H-A last name V-I-J and I encourage them to reach out. Awesome. Are you on LinkedIn? I am, yes. You should. Do you tweet? I am not a great tweeter. I don't know that I will become more active given all of the things that are happening on Twitter right it's now. Fair. But to be determined. Okay. Well, thank you for your time today. It was so nice to spend some time with you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about us or this guest by going to our website or visiting us on any of the socials with the handle hit like a girl pod. Thanks again. See you soon. Again, thank you so much for listening to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. I am truly grateful for you, and I'm wondering if you could do me a quick favor. Would you be willing to follow or subscribe to this podcast, or maybe leave us a rating or review? Or if you're feeling extra generous, would you share this episode on your Instagram stories or with a friend? All those things help us podcasters out so much. I'm the show's host, Joy Rios, and I'll see you next time.